What's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. I'm Dylan. And I'm Josh. And we're the Out of Office Podcast. Yeah. If people say it's your option, we'll be like, we'll take our chances. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of um, folks holding out, did you see the Florida governor today? <laughs> I've been married for 30 years. You don't know. <laughs> Hey Dylan, how's it going? Hey Josh, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. How's your Sunday? Uh, it's going pretty well, pretty well. Uh, nothing's going on too much, just been relaxing, ate some breakfast, and getting ready for this podcast. What about you? Yeah, same. Worked out a little bit this morning, ate a salad for lunch, so feeling feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> oh, nice. Man. Gonna get that summer quarantine bod ready? <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, just trying to um, eat a little bit healthier, you know, improve myself, exfoliate more. Okay, right on, right on. Yeah, got to keep the skin looking good as well. Yeah, um, and thing one thing I'm nervous about though is we got to be wearing some some cloth masks now. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, CDC is now recommending that the public wear cloth masks. And to be super clear, not not medical grade masks. So don't you know? Go hit up your local hospital and, and take a couple. <laughs> yeah, um, I need one of these masks. <laughs> the CDC told me to. Yeah, I wonder why it's cloth masks because it doesn't seem like they offer really any protection other than, I guess, I guess maybe they offer a little bit because it's yeah. a barrier at least, but. Yeah, I feel like they they have to say cloth just to make sure people don't go and just start raiding reading medical supplies, stores, and, and hospitals and whatnot. Yeah, and, and just hoarding everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard to say, like, you know, is it super helpful? You know, probably, or maybe not. It's definitely not zero, you know? Like, it's definitely yeah. going to provide some benefit to to help contain those those droplets of, of spit that may be flying, you know, as you're walking around at the grocery store and stuff. Yeah, I would hope I would hope so, or else everyone's just wearing a mask for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and man. it and it was almost immediate too. Like as soon as they said that, I went to the grocery store and like right away, half the people were all walking around with masks. Where the day before, it definitely wasn't like that. Okay, were they all like homemade ones? They were. I feel like it's a good half and half right now. Like I'm seeing a lot of bandanas, a lot of homemade masks, and then a lot of painters' masks. You know the white ones. Um, I haven't seen like any of the medical grade really, just mainly like painter's masks and just the cloth ones. Okay. I just imagine someone wearing like a bandana in the wrong neighborhood and people be like, where are you from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking Capital of, Hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Capitol Hill. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of um, masks though. Uh, did you hear about the story about the guy from Brooklyn that was, you know, hoarding like basically over a million different uh, medical supplies that could be used at hospitals and stuff like that? Oh, no, I did not hear about this. Yeah. So basically what happened was there's a guy from Brooklyn and he got arrested recently by the FBI after they raided him for lying about price gouging. And they found that he was selling, uh, reselling medical gear. So things like. Uh, N95 masks, surgical masks, and medical grade gloves 
and other protective gear, and he was selling it at a 700% markup. So basically, uh, let's say a mask was going for $1 at a retail store. He was selling them for 7 And they actually caught him because he was selling to a doctor, and a doctor ordered about $12,000 worth of protective gear, and he went to pick up the supplies, and it was an auto repair shop, which was weird, <laughs> just because that's not typically where you're going to get uh, protective gear. Um, for medical stuff and uh, he ended up going there he got the stuff and he saw tons and tons of supplies um, that could be used at hospitals he said it would be enough to uh, supply an entire hospital in new york city which is you know a ton of stuff obviously and so he reported the guy to the authorities and the fbi went and raided him and when they actually raided him uh, to try and like get away he uh coughed on authorities and said he had the coronavirus (laughs) bold move yeah yeah and so he was later charged with assault as well but they ended up finding yeah yeah but they ended up finding that he had almost 295 respirators 130,000 social surgical masks and 600,000 medical grade gloves and other protective gear Um, that's definitely stacked up (laughs) man and, and that's crazy that not only did he did he cough on the on the fbi agents but it was also a doctor that discovered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's it's pretty sad though that the doctor was having to hit the streets for those masks. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good that they they got the guy though. Um, yeah, I, and I'm fascinated to hear like how how he even got his hand on, hands on um, those masks and stuff. Yeah, my guess is he was probably just someone that was expecting something like this to go down, and so he was just collecting it over time. Yeah, and like I guess that his bet his bet was right, and it's it kind of brings up an interesting thing, um, mm-hmm. of I guess the morality of it of them going in and taking the mask. Obviously, they should just because he's not helping people and his lives on the line. But mm-hmm. German officials, I don't know if you saw the story about them. They were saying that the uh, they were kind of saying that. We were engaging in modern day piracy um, as they had 200,000 N95 five masks confiscated in Bangkok. And they said that um, those masks were redirected to the US. And that's kind of been going on a lot around the world with different countries essentially um, trying to get as much medical supplies as possible. I know that French, France as well um, is having trouble getting supplies as countries are outbidding them. Uh, so it's just, it's kind of interesting how it's kind of going two ways. Man, that's that's yeah. I, I did hear about the the Germany thing. Um, I think it's a quite of a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> Call it modern day piracy. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every man for himself out here. <laughs> yeah, because all the countries are doing it right now. The U.S. Mm-hmm. is limiting our exports of personal uh, protective equipment. I believe EU just adopted a measure that um, they're limiting across the entire EU exports of personal protective equipment and, and there was a giant issue because at first like all the individual states and countries were like you know limiting their own and so they were just like you know let's do it as a team and just limit um, outside of the eu and so they're doing it i think russia was doing it and then china was also doing it and so um it's really interesting to see like all the countries you know making sure that they're going to be covered and whatnot it does kind of suck because i think once you start to do that then it limits like the overall availability of masks. You know, like if everyone works together, I bet ideally we'll probably get a greater output of masks in general, you know, but 
versus you know everyone just creating their own and not being as efficient as we could be. For example, like China might be really good at making the strings, and then the U.S. might be really good at making the quaffs. If you put those together, like overall more masks, you know. Yeah, um, someone took econ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, it will be interesting to see China. They first started to limit the the exportation of it, but then I think now that it's starting to calm down. Uh, they lifted that and are starting to export a ton to other countries. Yeah, so they're probably making a killing on that as well. Yeah, ultimately cashing in, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely a interesting situation because it is kind of, you know, part of me is like, oh, yeah, you know, we'd be able to, if we all work together, give everyone equal amount. But if one person decides, no, we're just going to start hoarding stuff and we all can't get on the same page, which just in general, probably not going to happen. It's just like I want... I want us to be okay. So it's just like, uh, just get as much as we can at this point, which is messed up because I know we're affecting other people, but, mm -hmm. uh, if like, yeah. And you, and you have to also trust other countries too to enact the social distancing, take care of themselves. Right. Like if one country's out there just, you know, letting it, letting it ride and then they Sweden. keep saying, Oh yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> looking at you, Sweden. And then, you know, they keep saying we need a ton of ass and stuff. And you're like, well, you just like are, not containing it at all and we like truly need it and we're all staying at home and stuff and so yeah, it creates like very very interesting situations for sure yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about that with with that being said then yeah i definitely think we just got to keep hoarding stuff and getting as much as possible because nobody's on the same page on how we're going to socially distance other countries you know might be following strict policies and their numbers go down but if other countries aren't doing the same then their numbers are going to go up and so it's kind of almost impossible to get on the same page in terms of who needs X amount of masks and who should get these masks. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It's like the toilet paper shortage all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing toilet papers beginning to be restocked in, in Costco's. I, okay. I've been seeing a couple of posts on Facebook saying, run to this Costco, they have it. And so maybe we're, we're starting to get them back in supply. Nice. I wonder how long is it going to last until it just stops the, the toilet paper shortage? I don't know. Have you seen the, the website that someone created basically saying, enter in how many toilet papers, toilet paper rolls you have and what's the mm -hmm. size of your family? And it does a math on like how long of a supply you have. Oh, uh, yeah. I saw that site. <laughs> <laughs> to basically show people that are buying, you know, hundred dollars of toilet paper like you now are good for a whole year so stop buying toilet paper yeah <laughs> like exactly. this won't last a year oh man yeah that's funny and it's interesting too because i think you had mentioned that even the u.s is like outbidding different countries mm -hmm. uh on on like masks that are available up for sale yeah yeah and so France is complaining about it just because they're like, we got an order in and then the U.S. comes in and outbids us and then we can't get what we need. Get your the bread irony. up, France. <laughs> <laughs> the irony of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it, though. I get it. It's probably not the right thing to do, but hey. I get what they're trying to do. Yeah, at the end of the day, if we can get some masks, though, I mean, it's a tough decision to make, but, you know. Yeah, and as long as, you know... Hopefully, once we start to get over the hump, we start to share with, with countries that really do need it. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Today, Washington State announced that they're giving back 400 ventilators back to the federal supply. Just because it, it seems like Washington State has been able to contain it a little bit better than 
maybe not contain it isn't the right word, but um, it's it's ran less rampant through Washington mm-hmm. relative to other states. And so we're starting to get back some supplies to New York and and other places in the country that are really needed a lot more right now. Yeah, definitely. And actually, speaking of New York, um, the governor was on TV today and they are reporting that there's a decline in deaths. But I was looking at the numbers and it was just like one day the deaths were less than the day before. So you always got to be careful with those stats, right? Yeah. (laughs) And he was saying, we're not sure what that means yet, but just letting you know. And I'm just like, it's literally one or two days. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Graphs typically don't move move perfectly, you know? Exactly. If I was Andrew Cuomo, I would just say, round it up. Don't show that number. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's just like, we outside now. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it it is interesting to see some of the other states. It it is picking up. Michigan's getting really hot now. Detroit area. Um, I think California is still pretty hot. Some places in Florida. So. Yeah, I guess we'll kind of just have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, But in other news... What I've been seeing a lot of lately, actually, especially in the Seattle area, is a lot of local businesses stepping up to the plate in order to, you know, do their part and what they can as it relates to the coronavirus. There's restaurants providing food for nurses. Um, Certain clothing companies have shifted their production into creating masks and things of that nature. And we were actually lucky enough to have on our friend Rami, uh, who's a Seattle business owner, and he's just going to talk a little bit about what his company is doing um, as it relates to the coronavirus to kind of give back. And so without further ado, let's insert that interview. And today we actually have a very special guest in the building, actually our first guest ever. Our friend Rami is in the building today. How's it going, Rami? Good, Dylan. How you doing? Doing great, doing great. And so Rami is the founder and owner of a company called From the Ground Up. And today he's here to talk a little bit about his company, as well as this really cool campaign he has going on, which is called Socks for Docs. And he's going to give a little bit of background on that as well. Um, So I guess just to get started today, Rami, can you explain what your business is to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So From the Ground Up is a Seattle-based outdoor brand creating high-performance, stylish athletic socks that donate to protect our trails and public lands here in Washington. Okay, awesome, awesome. And I actually have some of these socks, and they're actually very awesome, and so I definitely definitely recommend. Cool. I'm glad you love them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what actually got you into you know starting this business? Yeah, uh, so I, I grew up a Washington kid. You know, I ski, I hike, and I just recently started running, which is a newfound love of mine. Um, but I love these activities a lot, and through all that time outdoors, I developed this like great respect for nature and, you know, I've always wanted to treat it well. And, uh, you know, over the past decade, you know, more and more people are getting into, you know, hiking and other outdoor activity. I think like in the last decade, there have been an additional like 12 million new hikers, which is amazing. But like, you know, with that, you get a lot of novice hikers, um, who don't necessarily, uh, know about like leave no trace principles, you know, like leave it better than you found it. Um, and there's just people who, who kind of disregard the trails for, um, their own personal, like dumping grounds and all that. So, uh, additionally to that, you know, there's people who aren't aware about the importance of really high quality gear. 
So you know, that's kind of where my idea for the brand began. I wanted to support nonprofits that focused on educating and caring for the trails, but I also wanted to provide um, really high quality gear that people could trust to know that it's going to, uh, to take care of them. So when I started from the ground up, I wanted to build something that reflected my own values and beliefs that, you know, those beliefs that, you know, we have to step up in our daily lives and do what we can to uh, take care of the environment. And that for me meant creating a brand that pushes a message of being good to the earth. So my goal when starting this company was to support hikers and support the environment. Now I chose socks because they're the most crucial part of gear for anybody. You know, everybody needs a good pair of socks. Hey, you know, I made that, I made that mistake when I was on a three day backpacking trip with friends, packed the wrong socks. I think they were like those cotton Nike ones, you know, those crew socks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, super, super thin <laughs> socks. Yeah. Well, about halfway through that hike, I just like burned through those socks and every single step I took just like ravaged my feet. So I think I got like five or six blisters on that hike and had to have my friends carry me back. So it was a little embarrassing. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But, but when I got back, I was shopping for better hiking socks. Um, but everything that I found was like either too itchy or too bulky or just like straight up ugly. So I decided to kind of give that hiking sock industry uh, a little facelift, a little refresh with designs inspired by, you know, the, the mountains around us, like uh, Mount Rainier, Mount Baker. Um, and, you know, as a result of that, I put the same level of care and passion into making sure that, you know, these socks were the best. Uh, and that's just a direct representation of me and the brand. And that's kind of what From the Ground Up is as a whole. It's an outdoor brand that educates people on, you know, trail maintenance and treating the planet properly. Um, but it also does so through really high quality products um, that people can trust and love. And so, Rami, I think it's really great what you're doing. And um, it's been super cool to watch your journey over the last couple of years um, starting your company. One of the questions I was kind of curious about was what are some of the biggest challenges you faced um, as a startup founding your company, especially coming right out of college? <laughs> How long can this podcast be? I got hours. I got hours of learning lessons. But <laughs> um, I think probably the biggest challenge I had uh, was like just just starting, you know, there's like there's no how to guide when it comes to starting your own brand. It's just one of those things that you you just have to start creating and and um, and hope that, you know, people pick up on your message. And even now, you know, today I'm still learning everything on the fly. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like that's always going to be the biggest challenge. It's kind of like what's next, you know, like what can I do next with this brand? How am I going to get that message out to the people? How am I going to get to the right people, more importantly? And how am I going to, you know, figure out how to get people to, to really buy into this, to really um, get behind it? So I think that was one of the biggest challenges that I face and honestly still face to this day. So, but that's entrepreneurship, baby. That's what it is. Yeah. And do you feel like you've learned a lot about yourself, you know, going through these struggles? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I always joke about this with people, but like, I feel like in one year of business, I've had the equivalent of like five years of work experience. <laughs> like I've worn yeah. so many different hats in this business, like from uh, marketing to 
um, selling to finance to accounting, which weren't ever my strong suits, um, to, you know, design to all these other aspects of the business that, you know, make it a living, breathing thing. Um, that's, that's honestly, those are some of the big takeaways I've gotten from this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy too. Cause you are ultimately the chief marketing officer, the chief financial officer, um, just everything, right? Yeah. You just kind of like, you have to wear every hat. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing that I saw um, recently, something really cool that your company is doing is a, a socks for docs program. We kind of curious to hear a, a little bit more about that and, and what you're doing and um, what that program looks like. Absolutely. So, you know, we're all feeling the hit right now. These are very challenging times. Um, I think it was about three weeks ago or maybe it was four weeks ago. I don't know. The days have started to blur at this point, but when we were all when all the crisis essentially started happening and the US um, called this a pandemic, uh, that week I had five different wholesale deals just fall through and Jeez. all my meetings like dropped off. And like, for me, that was devastating because that was such a, that was like my main source of revenue was through wholesale. Um, and so it took me a little bit of time to kind of figure out like, okay, I got to wrap my head around what's happening on a global scale. Like what's going on? What are the problems now? What's happened? Like who needs to be supported in these times and how can I use the resources that I currently have to do that? And, uh, the first thing that I saw, I think it was uh, a good friend of mine. He started his own company called Joe chocolates. Um, he was feeling the same hit and he started a campaign where he would essentially, he's sitting on these bags of, of chocolate. That's like, that's going to go bad. And he creatively found a way to, um, support it, you know, healthcare workers by essentially getting them chocolate through people just buying off of his website and shipping them out there. And so that's kind of where I drew my inspiration for socks for docs because I'm sitting on these high quality socks. I had just got these like compression socks in. And uh, yeah, so essentially what socks for doc is, is uh, it's our newest campaign where with the help of anybody and everybody, we are shipping cases of our socks to healthcare facilities nationwide. And basically how it works is you just go to our website and we're doing this in two ways. We're doing it by the case, which is like six pairs of our hiking socks, which go up to the, you know, said they're seven inch crews um, or individually with our compression socks and customers can choose which one they want to send. Um, and then they just have to place their order. They can choose the hospital. We have a drop down menu on our website. Uh, you can even leave the hospitals a note and then we'll take care of the rest. So it's become super easy for people to go in and show their support to healthcare workers who are standing on their feet, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day that, Hey, we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so much for working around the clock. Like hopefully these socks support you the way you're supporting us. Um, and what's even better is that we're offering all of our socks at wholesale prices. So uh, basically you go on and, and you can buy a six pack for 60 bucks or you can buy a pair of our compression socks for 25. And that is just going to be a great way for, you know, to support us as a small business, but also more importantly, support those who are working on the front lines of COVID-19. Um, so that's kind of what the Socks for Docs campaign is all about. Oh man. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to see. And my girlfriend, she's a nurse right now. And, um, she's been working a ton. 
at the hospital working with patients facing COVID, uh, among other things. And I know her and her team are super appreciative of all the businesses stepping up and supporting them and um, just making sure that with all the craziness going on and all the work that they're doing, that, um, that they just feel supported by the community around them. And so just like a personal things for me. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, that's honestly, those are the things that, that really sits well with me. That's, that's what's the most rewarding thing about this is, you know, having this ability to make, make somebody's day like that, especially when they're working these ridiculous hours, you know, and they're, they're doing the real heroic work. We're, we're just here trying to support the best we can. Um, and you know, as a small business owner, like I'm so humbled for the opportunity to be able to provide support to healthcare professionals during these crazy times. And, you know, I really, I really hope that, you know, more brands and businesses kind of step up to the plate and strive to continue to, you know, make the world a better place for us all. Yeah, man, that's, that's super awesome. My sister is also a nurse. And so also, also another person that will be affected by what you're doing as well. So, I mean, really great stuff, man. Yeah. I appreciate everything that, that they're doing. I mean, it's, that's the real heroic work again. You know, it's like, it's easy for us to kind of sit back in our, in our houses and, you know, watch the world kind of pass by, but it's the people who are really going out, the essential workers. And that's not just to say healthcare workers too. It's postal workers and grocery workers and anybody who has to work during these times and kind of put themselves at risk. Those are the people that we have to support right now, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I can do that, even on a small scale with a business where I'm just shipping out socks to hospitals, like I want to be able to do that. And that's something that we can all kind of do, um, to kind of support the people who are, who are really working their butts off right now. Yeah, absolutely. And that really speaks volumes of your character that you're, you know, willing to do this, like no matter how, how big of a difference it's going to make, you're, you know, putting your business on the line and stepping up to the plate. So really appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah. And so in order to get these socks, you can order them on your website, correct? And do you want to drop your website name? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, www.ftgu. That's from the ground up acronym. Ftgusocks.com. You can also go to our Instagram at ftgusocks, and uh, we have the link to the um, website in our bio. So you can go over there and pick them up. Yeah, and and uh, for any folks like wishing to contact Rami, feel free to to email us too, and, and we're more than happy to connect people too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're this is still a young campaign, but we're adding more hospitals and healthcare facilities by the day. So, you know, right now we we're shipping out to Washington, uh, California, and New York. Um, but if there's any other healthcare facilities that uh, want to get involved or you have a recommendation for, feel free to shoot me an email or a DM on Instagram and I will throw those on the list ASAP. Great. Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on to our podcast too. First guest. Yeah, we've been uh, really enjoying following your business over the last couple of years and, and seeing it grow immensely. And so um, it's just been great to, to great to have you on and great to chat, too. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job with your podcast as well. I listen to your guys' episodes. They keep me sane during these uh, during these times. So <laughs> keep doing what well, you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. Well, we appreciate it. And yeah, just uh, unbelievable times. But we're all we're all getting through it together. So that was Rami with this company from the ground up, doing some phenomenal work with the Socks for Docs program. Definitely go check them out. Um, transitioning a little bit, Dylan, what's gonna be the first thing you do once this is over? 
Ah, the first thing I do. Go outside. <laughs> go to the mall. I don't know. <laughs> huh, I don't know. I'm probably definitely want to go out to eat. Definitely want to go visit my parents' house. That'll probably be the first thing that I do. Oh, parents are a big one. Yeah. Um, go hang out with people. Have a barbecue. Yeah. Keep it under 10 people. <laughs> under 10 people. Nice, nice. I agree. Uh, what about you? Any Any trips or anything? No trips. I think... For me, I'm really excited to play basketball again. Okay. Uh, I'm used to playing basketball once every week or every once every two weeks. And so it's been a bummer not being able to play. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Probably go out to eat too. Yeah. You even practice on your, your handles or anything for basketball? I have like, not I'm touched. Be, I'm going to be ready when I get back. <laughs> I have not touched a basketball once. I think if this continues on until late April, early May, June, which it probably will, I'll probably bring bring my basketball to an outdoor hoop somewhere and get some shops up if no one's around. Okay. But yeah, outside of that, no, I've just been just been running a lot. It's like the only exercise I can kind of do right now. Nice. You could run, run and dribble the ball. That's get true. Handles. <laughs> That's true. I'm gonna look so weird if you see me down the street doing just sprinting <laughs> for basketball. Stop and do like a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Wear my little cloth mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We live in a strange times. Yeah. You know, one thing I saw that was super interesting, speaking of like folks planning ahead, UBS was announcing that um they did a study and saw that cruise bookings were up for 2021 right now which i just think is insane wild <laughs> our cruise is really that great <laughs> I, I, it has me questioning now i feel like we've talked a lot of shit about cruises on this podcast and now i'm like wow people are still like no wind me up <laughs> let's do this Man, 2021 you know what we need to do we'll have to do a vlog one day of us going on a cruise <laughs> yeah we will yeah, I Live will say that <laughs> it has to be the shortest cruise, though. I am not willing to go on a, a two-week cruise. Okay. I, I will do a vlog, and it has to be a an overnight cruise. Yeah, cruise you can do one to <laughs> Vancouver. I've done one to Vancouver. Okay, there we go. I'll do that. Yeah. What What's Vancouver? Uh, six hours, seven hours? <laughs> Vancouver, BC. I don't know. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't know why it was an overnight cruise. That is so close. It's it's like a two-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's yeah uh, six hours if you really draw it out. Yeah, and wow. I didn't think about that. We must have been docked like half the time and I didn't realize it. I think you got finesse. I think what they <laughs> did was they took the... The cruise from Seattle to Bellingham, and then at midnight uh -huh. probably just docked it. Yeah, <laughs> you guys were all sleeping, and then from just went from Bellingham to Vancouver. It's probably what happened, man. <laughs> yeah, honestly, you know, scenic route though. Yep, yep. But but yeah, it, I think it's just crazy that 2021 cruise bookings are up. The the one call out they said was that it does include people that um, their cruise got canceled for 2020 and got pushed to 2021. But it's still up 10%. And so it's still, even with with that context, pretty crazy. Jeez. Yeah, that, that's wild. And one of our friends actually had sent us, shout out to Lisa, she sent us a, a a trip to Australia. I think it was in, was it January? And it was like 300 bucks. Yeah. And we Should missed have it. on that. Hindsight being 2020. But I'm I, the reason I didn't want to is because I'm worried that there's going to be a resurgence of the coronavirus uh, next year potentially and i mm -hmm. doubt airlines are going to be giving refunds at that point when they're have already gotten so fucked it's probably buy at your own risk yeah would be my I assumption. agree 
Yeah. Because there's like a certain point. I know a lot of people are trying to push for refunds and stuff hard, but I just get nervous that for some of these companies, they might not actually have the money to refund folks. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it will be to a certain point where like it doesn't matter. Like they will just be like, okay, well, like we we can't pay you, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can you can keep calling, but it just mm-hmm. won't work. Yeah, I wonder if some of those companies were just in the in general, they're always just banking on a bailout because they know that they're so big that it'll screw up the economy if they get fucked. Yeah, and for some of them, like I I don't think um, a Delta Airlines is going to go away or an American Airlines. They might make, they might let one go away, but there's definitely, I don't think like all of the airline companies are going to fail. Yeah, man, that'd be wild if one of them just ceased to exist. (laughs) Yeah, the smaller ones for sure. I could see the government not stepping up, but for the bigger ones, that would be, because there's only three or four of them, right? Mm -hmm. How many major airlines are there? Maybe five? United, Alaska, American, Delta. Is that it? American? I don't know if I said American already, but yeah, I don't know. You know what they should require? They should re- start requiring some of these major corporations to, you know, save enough money to the point where they can potentially like survive one year if there's a catastrophe or something like that. Yeah, just because they expect <laughs> we expect American people to have you know enough savings in case of emergency. Why can't we expect large corporations that make billions to just save a little extra? Man, that's a good point, and maybe they will push like the airline companies as as a result of this. I know during like the '08 financial crisis, as a result of all of those bailouts, they like required all the banks and stuff to hold a lot more capital, mm-hmm. and they were just a lot more strict around like how much debt can you have relative to the cash. And so maybe they just extend that to like a lot of these other big companies and just say, hey, if you want to, you know, play at this level, you have to have so much cash in the bank. Yeah. And I guess the argu- their argument probably for that, like everything they would say, oh, but that makes it so we can't hire X amount of employees or whatever. We would hire more employees if we didn't have to. Or we do X, Y, and Z for people if we didn't have to. Oh, we're going to have to raise our prices if we didn't have to, but yeah. Yeah. And realistically, it's just we won't be able to do as many share buybacks as we want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to yeah. pump that stock. Pump it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got to pump our socket. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you think uh, summer twenty twenty is going to look like? Assuming we we bounce back in June, they lifted, and then by July there's absolutely no constriction const- um, restrictions. Do you think people will be you know right out the door parties all day, or do you think it'll be kind of slow and people will be a little bit nervous getting back? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think for older people, it'll probably be a lot slower just because they're the most at risk. And I think it just depends on the person because I definitely know some people that are not really sheltering in place as they'll like go hang out at a bunch of different friends' houses all the time and whatnot. Yeah. So those people, they'll straight out the gate, they'll be out and about and doing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. For us, when we're actually you know abiding by the rules... I'll probably go at it a little bit slower, but once everything looks fine and I'm not hearing about a bunch of cases, yeah, I'm going all out. I'm ready to be out of, out of the house, <laughs> out and about. <laughs> yeah. I, I was talking to one friend and they were like, yeah, I just can't wait to go to the bars. Like as soon as it's lifted, I'm just like, oh man, I'll probably be a little bit behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Let you test it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm going to break that. It would be the first through the door. 
Yeah, man. Clubs are going to be crazy, though, once once everything's like back to normal because everyone will have wanted to go out for so long. Yeah, or what would be? I don't know. It might be, it might be a little slow, too. Who knows? True. And a bunch of clubs might not even exist anymore. That's, that's, that's true, too, honestly. Uh, yeah, there might be just a, a rebound in general and like what that should we open a club drop like, <laughs> the out of wait. office nightclub <laughs> dude the liability of that stresses me out so much yeah agreed and it's just so trendy exactly rarely yeah. are, is the same place that everyone goes to one year the same place that they end up going to the next yeah a little restaurant or bar like yeah that sounds uh, not too bad but an actual club that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah special guests <laughs> josh <laughs> yeah uh, do you have any uh, silver linings about this quarantine yeah yeah so shout out to keith because keith actually asked us this in our facetime call earlier this week mm-hmm. and i think my silver lining would have to be uh, this podcast has been pretty fun. Definitely been able to focus a lot more time towards doing stuff. Um, also, I started making beats a little bit more again, which is kind of fun. I'm glad I got back into it. Just I forgot how much I enjoyed it. What about you? I think for me, um, getting to make a lot more food, that's been fun. Just cooking a lot and have just so much free time. There's definitely no excuse to go eat out. And yeah. so <laughs> been cooking a lot, just been trying to work out, stretch more, like really random workouts that I feel like I don't have time to do, just like stretching, um, running, stuff like that. So nice. Outside of that, man, it's been, it's been pretty good though. You know, everyone's in yeah. it at the same time. So yeah, agreed. And I guess that awesome. I have a job right now that's able to work remotely that's definitely another silver lining yeah same for me knock on wood you know yeah knock on wood (laughs) hopefully dude i've heard depression get thrown down a lot over the last couple the last week specifically Uh, yeah and we don't need to dive into that too much because we want to end on a happy note you know yeah (laughs) hey on on the plus side though (laughs) if we were to lose our jobs at least we have a good excuse (laughs) I mean, it was a depression, guys. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> give me a break. Yeah, give me a break. This is super true. But I think, what was it, six, over 6 million unemployment claims, new unemployment claims this week. The previous week was 3 million. Um, so pretty pretty high numbers. Yep, crank, cranking things up. <laughs> You'll probably get to 10% of the workforce easily by by when this is done. And I've even heard projections up to like 20% unemployment. That's insane. And we were like, for context, historically well at like what, two or 3% mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So it'd be a lot more people out of work. Yeah. And a quick, quick change, not gradual, literally just. Yeah. Overnight. <laughs> yeah. Overnight. Yeah. yeah. The charts of the unemployment claims by week is just. It's insane, like the the access that they have to build to get up to that six point six million. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, just man. a straight line up. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting chart looking back on it in history. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, whoa, what exactly. happened here? <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So let's uh, shut it down. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. This has been the Out of Office Podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and follow on Spotify. Uh, give us a review, five stars, ask a question, whatever. It really helps the podcast out. Uh, anything else you want to say, Josh? No. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed listening. Probably see you, I think, next week, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're just going to start doing one episode a week. Um, but yeah, I don't really know so? what a reason to explain. But we're doing one episode now, everybody. So deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> we need more us time. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. See you next Monday.